0: In the footsteps of Jesus, from down under. This is Nikrita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you again. This is a special occasion. I'm finding myself in the central of Australia. And um, I had the privilege to interview for our program, Sam Braga. Mm. As I uh, decided to change my plans a little bit and spend this uh, weekend here in Alice Spring, I come across with quite a few things happening here, particularly uh, Sam being a speaker for uh, about two weeks in Alice Spring doing a revival uh, seminar, but also culminating with a baptism. Mm -hmm. And I heard about that almost 30 people are going to be baptized. And this is a highlight of the day, particularly in this uh, part of Australia. I would like to welcome Sam to our program.
1: Hi, Nick. I'm glad to be part of this interview. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me to share my my story. Yes, I've been here almost two weeks and um, the Lord has done wonderful things among us. Uh, It's been a wonderful time. And uh, to crown the hard work of Pastor David Gilmore here and his workers, they've been working very hard to culminate in this uh, beautiful baptism of uh, about 30 people that are getting baptized.
0: And uh, as we are taking this interview, um something's already going on, people are singing around, and if you hear in the background uh, some singing, that's part of the preparation for this uh, baptism, which will take place just in very short period of time. Sam, if I could ask you to share with us a little bit of your background. Can you please just tell us, I know that you have... uh, Just a little bit of accent, uh, you know, uh, I don't don't know, uh, were you born here in Australia or you come from another part of the world? Where are you from?
1: Yeah, I I was born in the country of Chile uh, in the year 1969, uh, when I was 19 years of age. In 1989, I migrated to Australia. I arrived in Sydney and uh, I've lived in Australia ever since and I call Australia home. I loved uh, my country here.
0: (laughs) Take me back a little bit uh, into Chile, where you grew up, and share with us a bit of your uh, upbringing there in Chile.
1: I grew up in the center part of Chile in a farm. My parents had moved from the city out into a a country village in order for us to grow up, uh, you know, away from uh, city influences. And then my uncle came from uh, the United States, purchased a farm, and we went to live with him there i was five years of age when uh, we went into a farm so i am a, a farm boy i really like uh, farms um, i don't feel comfortable living in cities then at the age of 12 we moved back to town and i grew up in an adventist home uh, dad became an adventist in his early 20s through a prophecy seminar he, he lived in the main port of uh, chile which was a, uh, in the city of valparaiso uh, mom uh, came from a Pentecostal background. Um, her brother became an Adventist and then he introduced her to the faith. And so I grew up in a, in a strong Adventist home. Uh You know, we were nine brothers and sisters plus two half-sisters. So we were a total of 11. Um, and we, uh, you know, we grew up in, in a difficult time in Chile during the Pinochet era, but it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful time. Yeah, then my eldest brother came to Australia in 1979 and then we followed him, uh, little by little every year. Someone came until we, uh, we all arrived in Australia.
0: You call Australia home now, probably. Yeah,
1: yeah Australia. I've been, I've been back to Chile only once in 2016 to run a series of evangelistic programs. And so that was the first time I, I, I went back to Chile many years after. It was a shock for me to, <laughs> to see what, it, how, you know, especially the main city had changed.
0: Yeah, that's um, very similar with uh, Romania where I come from, every time I go back I see big changes. Uh, Sam, you have a family here, I believe, yes?
1: Yes, I'm married, I've got three children. Uh, My wife, uh, she's uh, Mary. we met in 1990, we got married in 1991, Uh, first daughter Rebecca was born in 1994. So she's 27 now, then came our second daughter, Karen, and then uh, Jonathan. Our two uh, uh, youngest children were born while I was doing theology, time theology at Avondale, Avondale College.
0: I was just going to ask you, mentioning a bit earlier that you grew up in an Adventist home uh, with, um, you know, good Christian upbringing. Mm. But I'd like to ask you particularly, how did you meet Jesus?
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's that's a beautiful story because I grew up, you know, in a Christian home. I never rebelled. I was always, at um, you know, uh, a, a kid that loved the Lord. I, since I remember, I always loved Jesus. I always wanted to serve Him. I remember sitting at the age nine, uh, listening to a pastor preaching, and I'm thinking to myself, I'd like to be a pastor. And I, I, at that age, I felt a strong calling to pastoral ministry. Um, so I came to Australia. Worked as a coal porter for a while. Then I went, uh, you know, coal porter is some is uh, a man that or woman who sells books from house to house. And then I went to do theology after I got married. And then I went into ministry. I started my ministry in Warunga, And after eight years of ministry, I was truly converted. And it happened to me, I was running a, a training program, I, I, I had started a ministry to train uh, young people to train them as missionaries, and uh, I was running the training program, and I had invited two men to come and talk to them, and they spoke on the subject of dying to self. And I had never heard that subject presented so clearly, and it really struck me, you know, really, really struck me. And so uh, I went home, I got, I got really angry, I got upset, I thought they, you know, these guys were legalists, you know. And so I went home really angry, and that night I couldn't sleep. My wife had gone to sleep, and it was about probably 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I was wrestling with the Lord on this, and suddenly the Spirit impressed me that this is what I've been looking all my life, because I always felt uncompleted. There was something missing in my experience. And so I, I that night I, I I had a very particular experience. I, The Lord passed all my life through my mind, and I saw... You know that I had come short in so many things I had fallen even as a pastor you know I was so defective and uh, and then the Lord took me to Calvary to see Jesus crucified and as I saw Christ crucified the Lord said to me look at his feet I looked at his feet and then his legs then his torso and uh, it was all you know uh, cut to pieces he was bleeding but the sense Took in, uh, came to me that how lost I was. I, I was even guilty of the death of the Son of God, and so I was. I, I I felt completely, utterly lost, and that there was nothing I could do to save myself. And so then the Lord said to me, "Look at His face." And when I looked at His face, it was all swollen, and there were pieces of uh, beard missing, and His hair was all matted with blood and dirt, and but uh, there was a deep sense of love, and that love was for me. Mm. And so uh, I remember that night uh, looking at him and crying, and then I said, if he was so good and died, who am I to live?" And so I said to the Lord, I want to die. So I surrendered myself to Christ, and I accepted him as my Savior. And uh, then there a, a number of other things happened, and then I went to sleep. And in the morning when I woke up, the whole world was different. Everything, the, the green was greener, the, the singing of the birds was nicer, nothing could make me angry. And I was for months and months living on cloud nine, night, as, as you call it. So that's, that's the time I was converted.
0: That's wonderful to hear from a pastor mm-hmm. that he had to come to a point in his life to experience conversion. Yeah. Because too often, we can live a very routinely Christian life Mm. from different circumstances. You know, we may hear about Jesus, the love of God. Uh, We may grow up in a family, as you just said, we follow God. Mm. Uh, We may come from a community which is, you know, strong in beliefs. But to have a personal contact or a personal encounter with Jesus our savior that's so important and particularly to realize that even after some years of ministry mm. when you are teaching others yeah. sharing the love of god the love of jesus with others i'm really impressed with the, with what you're sharing with us and can you please now take us a little bit through from then what happened
1: well um from then I I, I was ministering in, in a place called Penrith in, in Sydney and uh, I had started a faith ministry and um, that got me into a little bit of trouble. <laughs> so eventually I went to work in North Queensland and, and then uh, the Lord called me to live by faith. What I mean by faith is that to depend on Him. So I stepped aside from a paid ministry to a faith ministry. So uh, I've been doing that since 2012 in which I have been, uh, you know, I've dedicated myself to run evangelistic programs and revival services and training and I do not receive a salary. I depend on the Lord and I don't receive money from the government. And I don't tell anyone, uh, you know, uh, our needs, so we don't ask for money. We just depend on the Lord for everything, for, uh, you know, in prayer. And so the Lord took us, has taken us into that experience, and it's been a growing experience, a beautiful experience. But the first years of that, was very very difficult because the lord really tested us it really took us through you know a a couple of years of rough road we didn't have any way to live we had to live with my mother-in-law and my my sister everyone thought i had gone crazy coming from the comfortable salary of a pastor you know having car uh, car, uh, allowances and you know uh, living comfortably having churches people look up to you to come to a point where you 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 are seen as if You've gone mad, <laughs> and even my mother thought I was mad. <laughs> my mother-in-law thought I was crazy, and uh, you know everyone thought I was crazy for a number of years. Now they have come to accept that that uh, uh, you know I've got a calling to live like that, and it's been wonderful. It's been a, an experience that has drawn us very close to the Lord, very very close to the Lord. And uh, for me to go back to living with a salary now would be to go back, because we have learned just to trust in the Lord, and the Lord is faithful. We have tested how faithful God is. We, we, you know, we rent a house. We pay $600 a week for the house in Sydney. It's very expensive to rent. All our expenditure comes from that. My wife teaches piano, but that gives us enough to, to, you know, for the food. And she then saves money for other things that she may need and stuff. But all the bills, everything I pay. And uh, when, when it's time to change cars, you know, cars grow old, you know, the Lord changes our cars. He provides. He does everything. It's just absolutely amazing.
0: To me sounds more like walking in the footsteps of Jesus <laughs> because himself didn't have a place or uh, a, you know a salary or uh, even though he had a, a trade. Uh, but seems like that God looked after him in uh, all his needs. Now, as you travel around and I can see that you're running uh, revival seminars uh, as I witnessed a couple of nights here in Alice Spring you are uh, very convinced of what you're doing. And that's important because too often we may say things or do things which are not necessarily part of our life. Mm. But I see in you that genuine love for God and for others Mm. in what you tell others. Um, Tell me a little bit more in these last few years Uh, How your life um, grew in knowing God and following Jesus closer and closer?
1: Uh, I I guess the greatest realization that can happen to us is a paradigm shift that takes place in our lives when we come to the realization that, uh, you know, we are nothing, that there is nothing in us that we can do. As Jesus said, you know, without me, you can do nothing. And so that, that's a growing realization. And uh, uh, Jesus invited us to take up the yoke and to learn of him that he is gentle and lonely in heart. He being the, universe, the, the the king of the universe became no one. He abandoned everything. And he wants to take us to the same experience. And so in my experience, that realization that I am completely dependent on God has been augmented by my depend, my physical dependence on the Lord. The fact that I know that if God doesn't provide, I will not have money to pay rent. And, uh, and that also, that becomes, then that teaches you a lesson in your spiritual life. That you can do nothing with the Lord. You can pray. You can, you can understand the Bible. You can do nothing without Jesus. That we are absolutely dependent on Jesus as a, as a, as a baby in the womb of a mother. Uh, his mother is completely dependent on Mom, so we are with Jesus. and so that that for me has been my, my greatest realization in the Christian life, and that's what I try to share with people now that uh, we need Jesus so much, we are desperately in need of Jesus. That's the longing of the human soul.
0: I heard you talking about that uh, we can be in a church, in a safe environment, uh, thinking that we are right in our walk with God, with, you know, with Jesus, but still being far away just because we don't die to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we could explore a little bit more about the topics which you shared here. You talked quite a bit uh, about the righteousness by faith and uh, all those things. And I picked up something from you because many people will look at us, even as Seventh-day Adventists, people thinking that we are legalists Mm -hmm. just because we keep the law uh, or we speak, we, we talk A lot about the law. But I heard from you how important is the law when Jesus does the work in your life. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to just um, share a little bit with us uh, on this aspect?
1: Yeah. There is a sense in which, yes, uh, every denomination is affected by legalism. Legalism is, is the... Is a natural human uh, tendency to try to impress God. But what I can do so that He accepts me, because that gives me a sense of importance. We've been tra- we have a nature that naturally tends to legalism, and then we've been trained in society. We are trained to be accepted by what we do and what we offer. If you have nothing to offer, then you are no one in society. If you have something to offer, you become someone in society. And we tend to think the same in regards to our relationship with God. And the, and the, the, the most natural way in Christianity to do, the, to do that is to lay hold of the law and think that if I am obedient to the law, then God will accept me. Well, um, the gospel teaches that, that if I do that, I've been greatly deceived, that in order for me to be accepted by God, I must relate to him and to Jesus by faith. And that I may accept what Christ has done on my behalf. And when he has done that, when I have done that, when I have surrendered to the foot of the Lord and asked that Jesus lays, lays hold of me and lives his life in me, then I am accepted. And everything that Jesus is, God treats me that I am. And he gives it to me as a gift. And Jesus was perfectly obedient. He loved the law of his father. And so the the natural response of the heart once we have been justified by faith, which is God giving us his righteousness, his character, is that we will long to abide and walk in the law of God. As he says that the new covenant, God writes his law in our minds and in our hearts. But that, that is not is something that naturally flows of us now because Jesus is living in us. It's not something that I try hard to do so that God can accept me. No, it's something that I love to do because Christ lives in me and I love him so
0: much. Do you say that uh, obedience is not legalism?
1: Well, that's, uh, I think, uh, uh, sadly, in Christianity today, two words have become dirty. One is sanctification and the other one is obedience. And uh, could you imagine a father that the child is, your child is growing. Would you like your child to be obedient or disobedient? obedient of course but we would like him to obey us because he loves us the same is with God obedience is not legalism as long as it's not motivated by my own strength and my desire to earn God's favor when I do that when, when a person is not in Christ and he's trying to obey it's disgusting in God's eyes because the best I can offer him Paul says is dung You know, my best works, that which I trusted, Paul said, was nothing but but dung. And and, um, Isaiah says that our righteousness is like dirty rags. So when I try to obey God without Jesus living in me, it's it's disgusting for God. Because I'm offering him dung. I'm offering dirty rags. But when Christ comes and lives in me, and now he begins to produce good works, and obedience and sanctification, the growth in his likeness, it's delightful for God.
0: Mm. That's wonderful. We are talking to Sam Braga on our program, In the Footsteps of Jesus. I'm just going to take a short break here and we'll come back uh, in a moment. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere.
2: I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength but sometimes I wonder what He Can do through me No great success to show No glory on my own But in my weakness He is there To let me know That His strength is perfect When our strength is gone He'll carry us When we can't carry on Raised in His power The weak become strong His strength is perfect, his strength is perfect. And we can only know the power that he holds when we truly see how deep our weakness goes. His strength in us begins where ours comes to an end. And he hears our humble cry and he proves again that his strength is perfect when our strength is gone. He'll carry us when we can carry on. Raised in His power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect
0: His strength is perfect In the footsteps of Jesus, from the outback of Australia This is Nick Rita And i with Sam Braga Today in Alice Spring Sam was running a series of programs uh, Revival programs Here in Alice Spring And it's culminating uh, today With a very um, nice baptism uh, Around 30 people giving their life uh, to God Now some of these people also Coming to Sam's program, but they are coming from all other communities around uh, um, Alice Spring, for example, from Fing and other places, other communities. Um, Sam, just before the break, we talked about uh, your experience with God, your conversion when you, as a minister, inviting people to speak for revival and, you know, programs like that, you've been touched. By Jesus, and you experience yourself conversion, and you share with us uh, how you are working for God now on uh, on the basis of faith, trusting in God. You pull out uh, to say so from the ministry to be paid, but you work now just by faith and go from place to place to share with people. I would like to ask you now uh, in the next few minutes which we have left uh, what would you like to say and share with our audience?
1: I, I guess the, 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 the dream that one has that uh, people who are listening to, to you know when we speak is that they will believe that what we speak can change their lives and that the greatest void that the human heart has is for Jesus. And that void cannot be filled by anything else. You may you may have all the success this life can offer. You may have all the fun, all the riches. Uh, you may have you know have a, a what the world calls a, a beautiful life, but in the heart there's always a void. And unless I, and I experienced that void. I, I grew up a Christian, yet I had not had a real encounter with Christ, and I experienced that void. I Remember, as a pastor preaching, and then going home and thinking what is there missing you know i i I just couldn't put my finger in it until i had my encounter with the lord when that encounter took place the void is is filled i am happy to live and if the lord calls me to rest i am quite happy too i am at peace with god and uh, and my life is dedicated to him and and so my 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 desire would be for the uh, for those who listen to me if you're a mature christian keep holding the hand of Jesus there's nothing more beautiful than than walking with God and seeing him manifest himself in your life daily Uh, if you are a new Christian then remember that the secret of the Christian life is holding the hand of Jesus It's, it's a relationship as long as you're in Christ doesn't matter what your defects are what you're struggling with if you struggle with Christ it's guaranteed that you will grow and you will become a mature Christian and if you're not a Christian uh, and you're listening to this program and the Spirit is speaking to your heart, then there, uh, you know, on the side of uh, where you're listening, you can lift up a prayer to the Lord and invite Him to come into your heart. Last week, I preached a sermon to the children here and I taught them how to become Christians. And it's very simple just open your heart and invite Jesus to come in if you if you feel that need if you, if there's nothing else that has satisfied if you had tried everything and everything has failed open your heart invite jesus and tell him that you want him to come and live in your heart and he will and 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 you'll see that it makes the difference between night and day and so that's that's what i like to leave the audience with is the fact that uh, jesus is everything he is, he he will satisfy you
0: Sam, thank you so much for taking a bit of time and come to talk to us. Uh, we are looking forward when you come to Adelaide for some programs there I heard about this that uh, towards the end of the year you will be in Adelaide and uh, I'm inviting our listeners who are um, living in Adelaide to to come for those programs who will advertise you know those programs when mm-hmm. the time comes but uh, for now thank you so much for being with us and may God uh, richly bless you continue to live this uh, fulfilled Christian life, and to share with others because that's our call to grow together and awaiting the greatest event ever happened in the universe, Mm -hmm. the second coming Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. May God richly bless you. Thank
1: you, Nick. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you and with your audience. May God bless them. uh, Bless them too.
0: And thank you for being with us today. Uh, Until next time, don't forget, keep walking. In the footsteps of Jesus.